Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with the industry's biggest names. I'm Alan Seals, and our guest for this episode is none other than Lydia Dietz herself, Elizabeth Teeter. She was actually cast as Lydia before the pandemic had, I think, three days of rehearsal, and then the world shuts down down and then so now she's able to actually get into the role she's back on stage oh my gosh such a a wonderful person to talk to she's so introspective and self-aware i have so much respect for the journey she's been on in her career uh, personally and professionally at 13 she was working alongside helen mirren she was on her own uh, yeah completely on her own at age 14 in new york city having this complete level of independence that most 14 year olds don't even don't even come close to having. It's ridiculous. So I can't wait to share the story with you. Find me online, Instagram and Twitter and TikTok, and leave a rating and a review wherever you're listening. And now everybody, please enjoy this episode with Elizabeth Teeter. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our guest today is a true triple threat who was previously seen on Broadway in the audience alongside Helen Mirren, The Crucible, and Mary Poppins, and as Lily alongside LaShawns in the world premiere of The Secret Life of Bees in Atlantic Theatre Company. Now on stage at the Marquee Theatre as Lydia Dietz. Elizabeth Teeter, welcome to the Theatre Podcast. Thank you. So good to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh my goodness. This has been a show that has been resurrected from the dead as many other things in this show. Uh, and I don't know how how widespread this is, and uh, but I want to dive real quick into the fact that you were, uh, before the pandemic, you were already going to be Lydia, this was, you were already in rehearsals. It just hadn't been announced yet, right? Yeah, I was, um, I was like three days into rehearsals. Um, nothing had really been announced at all. I had barely met anyone. Um, and then we shut down. So it was kind of weird. I, I kind of, I feel like I got the part twice because I didn't know if the show was coming back. I didn't know if I was coming back. Um, we didn't really know anything. And so I kind of, you know, was brought back in two years later and then they offered me it again. <laughs> so now I'm here. So it's very full circle and um, crazy that two years later, the show is back and I can finally do it. 
Well, uh, did you have to go through the whole, like, the exact same audition process again when you were coming back after the pandemic? Or was did, did it kind of, like, pick up where it left off? Sort of. It was it was sort of that and sort of different. It was more just, like, because they had such limited time with me before, um, and it had been, like, two years, and um, they just sort of brought me back in to, like, kind of re, re, like, see the team and just sort of workshop and see where I was after two years. And, you know, it's just, a, it's a lot, big score. So we kind of just sang through a lot of the music and then, um, yeah. So it was sort of a strange process, but, um, you know, we had a whole pandemic, so that's also strange. <laughs> well, it, coming out of the pandemic, I, I was reading that, that, um, you sort of are, re- you relate to, to Lydia in a way, right? Because it, well, I'll let you tell it, but it, there's some sort of connection that you've got to the character as trying to find a place, trying to be okay with being alone, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I think we all <laughs> spent a lot of time alone during the pandemic. And for me, it was um, a sort of good experience, I think. I think I, I learned to um, sort of, how do I say this? Um figure out my other interests and and, uh, like figure out other things I like to do, explore different creative things. But um, it also was this weird feeling of feeling stuck in this time loop. And I think, um, I think Lydia feels stuck throughout the majority of the show. She doesn't really know what to do. She doesn't feel like she's seen. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially, um, especially during this pandemic. And especially like, I know people my age, um, it's been a hard transition trying to go to school, trying to go to college or high school and feeling like you're in this bubble and, and, um, are struggling and no one's knowing seeing you or, you know, there are bigger things going on in the world, et cetera. So I think it's, um, definitely coming back. I think there is more to the show. I feel like the entire cast felt that when we came back and we read it, there were things in the show that had more gravity than they did before. So how much how much of the cast knew that you were coming in uh, as Lydia before the pandemic? Because I guess my question is like, were you meeting the majority of the cast post pandemic after all this was done, or had you started rehearsals with anybody other than the stage management? Uh, sort of barely. It was. It's actually a funny story because I was I was just rehearsing pretty much with stage management. I had because it was only a few days. Um, I had gone to the theater and before the show briefly met everyone. Like I kind of ran into the dressing rooms and waved and whatever. And um, (laughs) Adam, who plays my dad was like, hope we have a show for you. Elbow, elbow. Like as like everyone was like, you know, not like we were very much like, do we shake hands? Do we like, cause we had just heard about the virus kind of. And so it was very funny to be like, oh, haha, like, don't shake my hand. And he literally on the stairs said, well, I hope we have a show for you to do. And I was like, what do you mean we don't have a show? I had no clue. I didn't, it didn't even cross my mind that Broadway would be shutting down. And then literally the next day I was in the rehearsal studio and, you know, stage management gets a call that the show's canceled. We had an hour left of rehearsals. So we just like finished up what we were doing. And then I looked in and was like, see you tomorrow, maybe. And then I went home for a year. Oh, wow. So it, it's, it was bizarre. It was crazy and scary, honestly. Well, so so then the beginning of rehearsals when you were with stage management and you're, mm-hmm. you're doing... Uh, I, well, and you're developing the character, right? And it had already been a little, the role was already there. It had already been established. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're coming in, obviously, 
bringing yourself to it, but yeah, the the um, the finding yourself and the finding your hobbies and the and mm-hmm. the isolation that we ha- were all forced to go through during the quarantine and during the pandemic did that um, did that allow you to come back to to look at Lydia and look at the show and the story in a different way? Like, are you doing the sh- the the show differently now than you think you would have had you gone on a year ago? Yeah. Oh, I think so. I think I'm just like I think it's the right. I, I mean, to quote Delia, everything happens for a reason, but <laughs> sucks. Yes. Sucks. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think it's just like, I feel like a different person. I I'm still myself, but I feel like a different person. And I, I think we've all grown over the past couple of years. And I feel like I know myself more. I feel like I'm more prepared and, and, um, also I just feel like I came in with a stronger sense of self, which also helps inform the character that you're playing. Um, and yeah, I mean, I had such a brief time. It was so, it's so strange because I had such a brief time with the character before, but then it was this sort of looming two years of maybe doing it, maybe not. So she was always kind of in the back of my mind, but I never, you know, any, anyone knows this with theater is you can't get attached to anything because you never know if it's going to happen. So it's not like I was like constantly working on the music or constantly working on the show or whatever. Um, but you know, there was always that little thing back in my mind knowing that like I might get to visit her again. And, um, yeah, I think it's just like, I also, I, I was lucky enough to have some performing experience throughout the two years I got to do, um, in the summer I got to do Sound of Music at the Muni and I got to do, um, the Glass Menagerie, which was really cool. And then like, also just, I feel like I, the time away and the time alone and away from performing helped me come back with a sense of gratitude to performing that, that was always there but I think just just heightened and so I feel like I grew as a person but you know also those experiences helped me grow as a performer to now be doing the show and I I wouldn't be able to do it if I didn't have that time off so I think it all sort of worked out and um yeah, I don't know if that answers the question okay, but... <laughs> well, it does. It, I think it really does because it gives you the perspective of, uh, of what you said. Like, you're, you've been able to go away, find things that are not performing related mm-hmm. because I feel... Um, I mean, like, what, you were 13, I think, when you were on stage next to Helen Mirren, right? Like, <laughs> yes. of all people, you're 13. And when it's you're crazy. 13, right, you think you think you own the world. Like, that's, <laughs> that's right at the beginning of thinking you own the world. And so at that time, right... I feel like, uh, well, I guess talk me through what you were feeling because you're mm-hmm. on stage, you're you're with Lashans, you're with Helen, yeah, Mir, and you're yeah. <laughs> you're on like in this massive production of Mary Poppins, like mm-hmm. as a kid, right? Like it's funny because if you if you put your name into Google, right, it's all all of it's like a, a several years of school headshots, like growing yes. up, right? <laughs> I know it's head- like who's that? Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so you've been able to uh have different types of shows. You've done fu- musicals and plays mm. and serious and sorry, comedies. And there's a cat. Oh. <laughs> my cat is was my cat Henry. I got him um in the fall. He's going to be Len. Sorry everyone. <laughs> oh, he's so cute. Um and okay, so uh sorry I've got cat in my brain now. Um so yeah, you're going through and you've got different perspectives and different types of shows, mm-hmm. um, comedy, drama, musicals, plays. Yeah. And I guess now coming into um, Beetlejuice, how do you, how have you used all of this uh, to sort of shape 
who you are now, your sense of self, yeah. right? Because Beetlejuice, as a as a show, there's it's a very serious show. It deals with death. It yeah. deals with loneliness. But it's mm-hmm. presented like the serious subject matter is presented in a very funny way. Yeah, and that's that's, that's what I love about it. I think that's what's like brilliant about the show is you know you go in thinking, oh, this is going to be so fun, and it's a comedy, and then it's strangely moving and and talks about a lot of serious issues, which I think is just a, such a brilliant way to merge those two together. Um, and such a cool thing to be able to do. Um, but yeah, I think I've been actually thinking about this a lot lately of just like, I, I find myself feeling a lot more grateful and reflecting on those past experiences more. Um, obviously, you know, it, I knew what a big deal it was and how exciting it was when I was 13, but you know, you're also 13. You're just, you know, doing the show and having fun. And, you know, now I go, oh my God, that was Helen Mirren. Like, <laughs> I asked Helen Mirren to be a part of, you know, like a backstage video with me or something. Like, what was I thinking? Um, no, no, no. But, but it's people like that. Like Helen Mirren, Ben Wishaw, who was in the crucible with me, um, LaShawn, Saquon, and all of these people, um, I think really, really taught me what it's like to be a good company member and not just on stage, but off stage. What I always say about Helen is that she is everything you'd want her to be and more in that she's, you know, the, the top of the top and treated every single person, every cast member, every crew member, like they were her equal. She would do so many things for me and Sadie who shared the role. She would, um, I would say we got um, invited to go watch the Tony Awards because she was nominated and some people were nominated from our cast. And, you know, we were up in the balcony, like getting in our seats. And um, we get this call from company management that was like, Helen's looking for you. And she was, she comes off the red carpet in her gown to the corner of the street and is like politely arguing with the security members to let us come by. She's like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, they need to come back with me. And she like... May, she dragged us under the carpet to take pictures with her and, and like brought us down to bow with Aww. her on opening night and all of this stuff and would, would constantly be, um, you know, sort of talking with us and talking to me about little moments we could find and match our physicality and all of this sort of masterclass work that, you know, she didn't have to, she didn't have to do that, but she did. And it has has had this lasting impression on me that I still think about today, um, which is just such a good example of how you want to be. And I mean, I think that too, in this company of people, we are all in Beetlejuice, we are all a team and it doesn't matter what role you are or position, but um, we all work together. And I think like people like that in previous shows have really sort of hopefully, hopefully I care, you know, carrying that on, but um. Yeah, it's just sort of like osmosis, like <laughs> all of these that, amazing people. That's the best way. It's absolutely the best way. And I, I love that that you're able to recognize that. And there's mm-hmm. so there's so much, uh, I guess, what am I trying to say? Is that the, the people that I found the most successful over the years are the people who are always trying to help others be better. Yes. And because, uh, case in point, right, Helen's trying to help you become a better performer and so you can mm-hmm. work together and make a better show. And then I'm yes. sure she's discovering things about herself in the whole mm-hmm. process. And so there, there's people like this that they continue to work and they continue to, to want to, people want to continue to hire them yes. because they had this reputation yeah. for, for 
being the person you want to work with again. Yes. Yeah. And I, I absolutely love that. And I feel like you've like just in this little bit of time we've been talking that you've that you're taking this away. Like you recognize that and you're like, this is what I this is how I need to behave, right? We need to help others. We need to teach others. And a rising yeah. tide lifts all ships because if we can help everybody. And like, yeah. especially now, I feel like it's like we get to, in this crazy time, like we get to put on a Broadway musical, like how lucky and cool is that? It's sort of like this amazing, special thing we get to do. Um, so it's a combination of like knowing that privilege and, and feeling grateful for this crazy experience. But then also, I think having had worked with all of these people sort of debunked the myth of like Broadway and all of these, you know, this person and that person is, it really comes down to like the work of it. Like it is hard work and the best of the best people like Helen and Ben and all of these people, it's like, they are, they are not focused on all of this stuff. They are focused on the work and how to create a good show. And that it doesn't matter if it's Broadway or if it's regional theater, community theater, whatever, like that is what theater is. And it doesn't matter where you're doing it. It's just that, you know, we want to, we want to do our best and put on a good show and um, be a team. And I think I've, I've, I've just been, I'm so grateful that I've had those sort of mentors. You know, I didn't go to school necessarily for acting, but it's like I got my own school of like teachers through these shows and, you know, directors like Alex Timbers, who are just like the best, you know, he's, he's how you want to run a show. He's mm -hmm. how you want to run a ship. And, you know, working with different people like that has just been amazing. And also just, um, like different shows in general, like my people will sometimes ask me like if I have a dream show or a dream role. And I'm, I really don't know just because I want to try it all. <laughs> I just want to try, you know, different things and and have it be, it's, it's, it's just so much, it's so fun. And I think it informs every other role that you do, you know? Well, you're, you're a, a, a ballet dancer, right? Like you've, you've yeah. got a lot of training in ballet and, mm -hmm. and point you know, like I see all these pictures on in Instagram <laughs> with like point shoes and, and whatnot. Yeah. And I don't feel like you haven't been on Broadway in a dancing role yet, right? No, but I really want to. <laughs> that is actually something I was like thinking about is um, I've gotten lucky to do all these, you know, acting and singing roles, but um, I'd love to dance more. I, uh, I, I started ballet when I was like seven and I was pretty serious about it for a while. And there was a small like window of time where I thought that's maybe what I wanted to do. And then I was like, oh man, that is, that is a lot. <laughs> that is 110%. You got to be all ballet. And that just, I had too many other interests, but, um, yeah, I still, ballet is something that sort of is like my, uh, it helps center me. Like I like to try to go to class sometimes before a show or during the day, just cause it, is very like peaceful for me. I mean, it can mm -hmm. be, I, I think because the stress of it of when I was younger is away, cause I'm not trying to pursue it seriously, but I just doing it something, you know, to keep my body in check and because I enjoy it, it's very, I, I really love it. Yeah. Well, okay. So you started it performing ballet at seven. So it, did you originally get into performing to, to dance or did you see, like, did you have any, do you remember any sort of like a uh, uh, touchstone, moment where you're like, I've seen such and such <laughs> on this place or that place and I have to do that too. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was always, I think it was always theater for me. Um, I did, um, my first show, uh, 
I did at the Muni Theater in St. Louis, where I grew up when I was seven. I did Meet Me in St. Louis. And um, my parents are both in theater. My dad is a, is an actor and, or, or, well, he doesn't really act anymore, but he's a teacher, um, professor of musical theater. And I always say that like my parents are the opposite of stage parents and that they're, they didn't push me into any of it, but it has been amazing to have parents understand what the industry is and have uh a lens in that way and a lot of surrogate aunts and uncles but um I also have three siblings who have many different interests and hobbies and they like made sure we were all equally attended to which I think helped me stay <laughs> grounded and that I wasn't this like you know being pushed into this and pushed into that but um I always say like I begged my dad to just bring me to shows when I was you know, five or whatever. And then I begged them to let me audition and they were like, um, okay. <laughs> like sort of hesitant about it. But, um, I think it was just like, I knew like the first show I did when I was seven, I think a lot of people have this similar experience of, I was always just playing pretend. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, I get to play pretend with other people. This is so fun. I don't remember being scared. It's so funny. I get way more nervous now that I'm older. (laughs) I don't remember being nervous. I don't remember being scared when I was younger. I just thought it was like my imagination come to life with other people. And I'm trying to think of an exact show. I mean, I saw a lot of shows when I was younger, but I mean, classic, I went to see like Wicked on tour, I think when I was nine and, you know, Defying Gravity happens and it's so cliche, but the curtain came down and I was like, I want to do that. (laughs) I don't know what that was, but I want to do it. Um, and then I ended up seeing it again on tour at the same theater, like 10 years later when I was, you know, 19 or I'd done all these shows in B's. And I, I remember I started crying during the, the, the overture because I was just like, I was sitting here 10 years ago and I'm still doing what I want to do. And how cool is that, that I've had these experiences and I'm still, you know, I remember that moment of sitting there just in awe and I got to, you know, experience that again, having done all of this, done what I wanted to do. Um, so, so the the your Broadway debut then was Mary Poppins. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were um, uh, the the Banks daughter. I'm, I'm, I'm total brain fart. Jane, well, Jane, 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 Jane Banks. Jane Banks. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Jane, and um, Jane and Michael Banks. Um, <laughs> so you were you were in St. Louis at the time you got this, and so you moved to New York for the show. Yeah. Or was it? How did that work? Yeah. So I was in St. Louis. Um, I had just recently sort of came to New York to audition, get an agent, sort of start doing all of the auditions for kids shows and things. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I got offered Mary Poppins and, um, it was crazy cause I was my, it was my fifth grade year. I was 10 and my whole family, we sort of picked up and moved. My dad still stayed for work and kind of came back and forth, but, um, my family and I always say that was one of our favorite years of the family because I had, so I have a twin brother. I have a little sister who's four years younger and then another little sister. So we were like 10, 10, six, and three. Wow. <laughs> and we all, we all picked up and moved to this little place in New York and my mom like homeschooled us. And we just like, it was honestly one of the best years that I, ever just because it was like New York was just this so different than this little like Midwest bubble I'd lived in and my parents had lived in New York for years so uh, and all over the place but it was just like completely opened up this world of culture in New York and we were going to all these different playgrounds and museums and you know doing the show was just the most magical thing ever and 
So then, you know, we, we went back to St. Louis afterwards and it was like a completely, I felt, I feel like we were suddenly like, what? There's so much out there. <laughs> There's so much out there in New York and the world. And, um, so that was crazy because we all p- kind of picked up and moved. But then as I kept, um, getting more things, um, obviously my family was like, that's not possible. <laughs> so I, the next show with the audience, my mom came with me. But then when I did the crucible, <clears throat> when I was 14, I, I went by myself. I stayed with a host family who, wow. um, yeah. So I stayed with the host family who we met randomly through some people that I knew in a show. And they were so generous to just let me stay with them. But their, ske- their schedules were so opposite than mine that I didn't really see them. So it was kind of crazy because I felt like I was kind of living a life of a college student at 14. And that I was like, taking the subway by myself. I was doing my laundry. I was grocery shopping and I was 14 years old. And so it was this crazy experience of like the show, but also I feel like I grew up like five years in that, that six months that I was by myself. And obviously I talked to my parents every day they were very involved, but it was just like this wild experience of, um, you know, when I moved officially or like to New York to, you know, start college or whatever, it didn't feel like anything new because I had been here by myself so much that um I had so many friends and people that were like, oh my gosh, I'm leaving home. And I was like, this doesn't feel like anything to me. Wow. Um, so yeah, that was, you know, and then I came back again for bees by myself and my family would come visit in the summer. So it was a lot of back and forth. But also I, um the way the shows were spread out, I... I went to high school. Like I, I almost had my complete high school back home. So I think that was also a nice thing is I did get that normalcy of public school. <laughs> and like I didn't completely have like one of those crazy childhoods where you just don't have a normal life. And I think that's something that my parents were really protective of is they were, you know, they, I auditioned for things, but um, they really wanted me to have a childhood, you know, which I think is super important. We're going to take a short break. Stay tuned for more of the episode. As you were saying that you were taking the subway by yourself when you were 14, right? Mm -hmm. I was thinking about what what was I doing at 14? Did I have, (laughs) would I have been able to do this? And I, I think New York and you know, a very select few other major metropolitan cities uh, because of the the amount of people, the amount of resources, and the mm-hmm. amount of public transportation that are in these places, New York being, you know, like the center of the world. Of course, we can say that because we live here now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, is that you can have, when, when you are 12, 13, 14, you can have this level of autonomy yeah. without a car, without having yeah. to even know how to drive to, or ride a bike. It's and normal it's normal here. Yeah. Which is so different than the little neighbor. I love where I grew up, but it is very, um, it is sort of very suburban bubble. Like a lot of sort of like, not my family, but it can be a lot of like helicopter parenty kind of thing where it's like, I'm sure a lot of people were like, you did what at 14? But it's yeah. just so normal here. And so, you know, I always say that like the show, the show in New York, like half and half were the experience. Half of it was the show and half of it was having to grow up and, you know, gain independence and stuff that I really don't think I would have if I just lived back home. I I agree because 
you're you're a product of your situation. Mm-hmm. And obviously you've got the wherewithal and the comfortability. God, when I was 14, I probably wouldn't have been able to just I would have been like, I can't do this. I'm coming home. <laughs> right. But you were able to I say like I definitely have those moments, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely got homesick, you know. <laughs> well, actually I'll, I'll ask about that in a second, but I was gonna say that there there are these times when you had the the wherewithal and the drive and the focus to just say like this is what I'm going to do and it's a it's you're forced to grow up depending on what your situation is and some of the, yeah. some people are forced to grow up in good situations and bad mm, situations yes. depending on what it is and obviously like I feel like your parents uh, obviously knew that or they trusted that you would figure it out mm-hmm. uh, you know I don't think they it's, uh, it doesn't sound like they would have just let you come no. to the biggest <laughs> one of the biggest busiest cities in no, the world. No, no, no. And be like, eh, I guess uh, hopefully uh, she'll figure out, you know, whatever. Well, and I had been, I'd been enough because, like, after Mary Poppins, you know, I went back home, you know, to do school. But we kind of kept coming back in the summer. Like the next summer, I came back to do like a ballet intensive when we were here for months, and then, then I ended up coming back for you know another show when we would visit in the summer. So it was like I had had a good sort of off and on. When people, it's so funny when people ask me like, how long have you lived in New York? And I'm like, ah. Uh, I really don't know off and on, like <laughs> off and on, like the months put together are probably like a good amount of time. Um, and also I did have a lot of surrogate family here through my parents' journey with theater and the arts. And and I had a lot of adults in here that, that were like, if you ever need anything, we're here. So it's not like I'm in a completely new city and didn't know anyone. Um, it was hard though, because... Um, I didn't know a lot of people my age, which was hard. Like coming, coming in at like 14 and then 17 for bees. I'm always like the youngest on the show. So I love the company, but it's also like, it it was looking back. I was like, it was difficult because I didn't have those school comrades and people. And it's, it's easier now that I'm an adult where it's like, you can find friends and things through this and that and the other, but it's very difficult, I think, when you're not in school to meet people <laughs> your age in New York. Um, even as an as a even an as old, an adult, honestly, an older adult. Well, yeah, I'm I'm sitting here like I I don't know how to make <laughs> like friends. I have, like, the, I, was, like, I have three. <laughs> <laughs> like my three friends listening to this are like, mm, okay. <laughs> hey, what, what about me? What about me? Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. It's really tough because. I think in general, right, in school and in sports or whatever the case is, mm-hmm. you're forced to be around people um, in a good way, right? You, you're just, yeah. you're shared interest and you're around people and you get yeah. to know them. And and yeah, especially as an adult, when you lose that camaraderie of school and you lose the, the like, there's no sports teams. I mean, so that's why a lot of adults get into playing like kickball, yes. right? It's that thing yes. that a lot of <laughs> out of shape adults can do. Like, I yeah. can play kickball just because they want a club to belong to. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's like great because I have these, you know, company of people and and all, like Beetlejuice has been amazing because the the people in it are just so much fun and you know I become great friends with Alex and you know Leslie and all of these people that that just, you know, have it be such a good time. Um which is also I think so important because the show is so exhausting that I've really had to I feel like in a way it is sort of my life right now as I've adjusted to doing eight, this show eight times a week is like, I, you know, you, something that I feel like people sometimes don't understand, especially, I don't know, people younger who haven't done it is that like, it is so much work and that like, I don't go out. I don't like see people as much. I can't like, I have to, you know, you only talk so much during the day or only like 
have this amount of stuff to do in the day. So you make sure you can do your show at night. And so to know that I'm going into a group of people that are all like doing it together and are having a fun time is like maybe making it so much easier <laughs> in that respect. And, and too, to add on top of what you just said, now there's the threat of COVID lurking, yeah, that too. lurking behind just, <laughs> everything. Yeah. Like you said, you right. can't go out, can't well, go I out got, afterwards. Um, I got COVID during tech, which Ooh. was crazy. So I got COVID during tech and I was out not that long. I recovered pretty quickly, but it was like, I had to come back and wear one of those medical masks and like do run throughs with this medical mask strapped to me. And it was like, I was like, I never had this experience of like, I really can't breathe. Like, and honestly, I think like, I mean, COVID is serious. I still feel like I have some weird lasting things. Like the first couple of weeks, I was just like, oh my gosh. Oh, hello. Hi. This is my, my dad is visiting. He's giving me. He's giving me a drink. <laughs> I was like, is your cat moving the door? No, nope, no. Nope, cat, cat is giving me a cat drink. Cat is not holding coffee. No. Thank you. My dad's in town for a couple of days seeing the show. Um, speaking of my family. But yeah, no, it was crazy. I feel like, I feel like I was, didn't have, you know, your body's still like recovering. Oh, thank you. There's, <laughs> oh, and there's a, <laughs> there's, there's food. A, there's a food. <laughs> my dad's just like poking his hand through the door. I know. Um, yeah. So that too of like COVID has made it extra hard. And I felt this way. Like I did my first year of college online. Here comes more. Here comes more dad. He's gone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, dad. <laughs> um, okay. Um, of like, I did my first year of COVID. Well, first year of COVID, first year of college online because of COVID mm-hmm. and like coming in and sort of being in person and not, it's so hard because it's like some people don't really care and I don't want to get sick. I don't want to get other people sick. And, you know, we're still dealing with that at the theater of like wearing masks and, you know, hoping people are staying safe. It's just, you know, it's definitely scary. So are you, are you still trying, have you put college on pause right now because of Beetlejuice? Or are you doing yes. that online? Cause that eight shows in college. Ooh, I think, no, I, I put it on pause because I just don't think, I think I would burn myself out. I really yeah. don't think I could do it. Um, I did like, I did my, I did first year and first semester, like last semester. Um, and then I went to like one day this semester and was like, I'm not going to be here anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was sort of, I was at Marymount Manhattan. I was sort of undecided um, and did a lot of like gen ed classes online. I think people are always surprised that I wasn't going for musical theater. And like, that's something I thought that I'd do for a long time. But um, as like as it got closer to applying and stuff, I realized just for me personally, a BFA wasn't the choice. I think just um, because I was already working and auditioning and training so much outside of school, I kind of wanted school to just be something different. I wanted to explore my other interests and and have it be separate. And also it just, you know, it makes it hard to audition. I also just... I love the theater community, but it can be a lot and theater can be toxic. And I Mm -hmm. think if I was working in it and also just training in it and like, I'm not a competitive person, I think it would just be too much for me (laughs) to be doing that in school and off. And like, it works for some people, it works for some people, but, um, you know, I think New York is great because I, I, there are so many resources to train. Like everyone has their own sort of journey, um, 
and you don't have to go to college for theater if you don't, you know, you can still do it. Um, and you've got the experience now in the resume, especially after, in, you know, being in Beetlejuice, right? Like this is a role that is going to define your career. Yeah, because, yeah, and and I hope I hope you realize that. I hope you realize that at <laughs> oh. this point, because there, yeah, this is a this is a role that you're going to be able to reference forever. Yeah. It's such an iconic <laughs> show, and it's such an influential show. Yeah, uh, and literally, um, I was at the reopening, uh, the the resurrection show, the reopening <laughs> a couple months ago. Oh my God, I was and, so and, scared. <laughs> I'm like, come back now. No, I'm not scared out of my mind. But <laughs> I, know, I remember you came out you're, for curtain call. You're just like, oh God, it's over. Yeah. I was like crying with excitement know, and also just like, ah. <laughs> but the, I, you know, I, I was um, out there with, uh, with the podcast doing some behind the scenes uh, camera work. And I was talking yeah. with people uh, who were in like cosplay, people who had shown yeah. up in costume mm-hmm. character. And, and there were people, um, I thought I would have trouble talking to people, but they're formed. As soon as I started talking to one person, a line formed of everybody. I saw who wanted, that. I saw who, that. I think. Yeah. Who I was wanted, like, what's going on out there? No one recognized me. Cause I like with my hair and my cap or whatever, but I was like going out with my family and no one stopped me. Zero people. <laughs> by everyone. <laughs> and I was like, no, oh, this is great. I was like, don't say anything bad. Yeah. <laughs> right there. That's funny. That's so funny. I didn't know that you would walk by. But yeah, so this line was there. And and like almost half the stories were people who wanted to share the fact that the, that they were struggling with depression or yes. anxiety or have thought about uh, uh, self-harm or things yeah. that really, they like really things that they were having problem with, problems yeah. with that this show, like we were talking about a while ago, that it's such serious subject yes. matter that is dealt with in a very constructive and, and funny way that it helps people get through these dark moments that everybody, I think, more or less felt a part of, especially during COVID. Yeah. So the show is coming back in a, in a way, Beetlejuice it's is coming like back in a way. even stronger, I think. Yeah even stronger. And that yeah. that was one of my last questions here for you was like, does the fan base, now that you're open, now that mm-hmm. you're in this role and you've kind of got a little bit of muscle memory into this and, and, yeah. and can relax a little bit, I assume. Have mm-hmm. you been able to go, to just sit back for a second and appreciate the intensity, the the intense support that this fan, that the fan base for the show is pouring out night after night? Yes. I mean, it's just like amazing. You you know, sometimes it's like, oh my God, it's a Tuesday night and there are people dressed up and screaming and, you know, like we've had such wonderful crowds and, and it's just like you said, if like, I've, I've really been thinking about like how wonderful this character is and that you, you don't see a lot of characters like her and that like, she's not an ingenue. She's not, you know, she's, she's a teen and she is, you know, funny and sarcastic but also I think has is very empathetic and going through depression and going through all of this stuff that is not always um shown I think Mm -hmm. but like so many people are dealing with and especially like right now I think there is there is like a mental health like crisis in the world and that everyone is struggling in some way and I think that's why so many um, and I also, the thing about, uh, what I love about her is she doesn't try to, to change herself. I think a lot of people are, tr- the characters are trying to change her, but she, you know, she says she is strange and unusual. And I think she's accepted that she is different and she loves these different quirky things and is sort of nerdy about them. And I think like, there's so many people like that, that can relate to 
struggling and, and, and being different. And also what I love is you see her like work through it and get to the other side, which I think is such a cool message of like, there is hope. There are people in your world that love you and support you. You just need to open your eyes to that. And, and, but also not, not Sean, your way of grieving and your way of being sad. You know, everyone, everyone has their own way of dealing with stuff. And, um, yeah, I think just the fan base has been crazy. I had, I don't think I even had any clue what it was until, you know, we opened and I saw everyone out in that audience dressed up and screaming and they've been wonderful. Anyone who's any, any fans that are listening, I just, I'm so grateful for all your support, especially as the new person. It's kind of scary to join something that is so loved, but I feel like I've been really welcomed and, and some has been sent some wonderful messages just about, you know, the show and what it means to you and all of this stuff. It's like, I honestly feel like I'm, I'm doing it for you. I'm trying to do you a service because I feel like the fans have just loved it forever and are the ones that brought it back. So I'm like the new person that's like, I hope we're doing like, I'm so glad we're here for you. Like, I hope you enjoy this, this thing that you've loved for so long. But it's also, I feel like we're getting a lot of new fans too, which is like really exciting as it's being resurrected. So um, overall, just super, super grateful. Uh, as, uh, yeah, you should be. It, I mean, I would be in, in this situation too, just because it's it's such a different industry these days especially in the last few years and i think it's uh, i was going to say with with the with the advent of social media and then like spotify playlists and yeah. you know look at look at what fan demand has shown producers that previously they weren't able to yeah. see so it's like the popularity of six exploded because right. of the 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 london recording and mm -hmm. look look at the worldwide sensation that has become and be more chill went to broadway because of that and lightning thief and yeah. now you know again beetlejuice there was such an outcry and a demand yeah. for this show to come back that that it was never a question of if it should, it was how can we get back? Right, which is just such a cool message too of like, you know, we're doing theater for people. And so it's like, if if this is what people want, like we're doing it for you, we're doing it for this community. So it was so cool that we were, you know, that it, it's, it's hard. It, shows are expensive to find a new theater to be able to actually bring it back. Like, I don't really know the last time that something like this has happened. Um, I mean, I'm sure it has, but just I can't really think. I I don't know off the top of my head. So it's kind of like a, mir a miracle that that it came back. And also, it is telling that like so many of the so much of the original cast came back. And the reason they said is they love the show. They love the show. They love the fans. They love the people. And like, you know, they're just how it just happy to be there. And like, I joined and I said, oh, okay, I understand why everyone came back because it's just such a good group of people and such a fun show. And, you know, I was, um, I was texting Brightman, Alex Brightman last night because we, sometimes we'll, we'll talk after the show or whatever. And he just texted me last night after the show and said, how, he said like, how fun is our job? How fun is it that we get to come in and do this as, as work? You know, <laughs> just sometimes we have those moments of like, we look at each other on stage and he's doing some like crazy face. And I'm like, I'm just staring at my friend <laughs> doing this crazy face and we're getting paid to do this and like just riff off of each other. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's so much fun. And again, like take, take the perspective, know that you are in a moment that's going to stay with you forever in such a, such a positive, positive way and influencing many lives and 
helping so many people get through trauma and mm-hmm. mental health issues and pandemic. Uh, God, it's just, I, I love the show. The show is so good. If you haven't seen Beetlejuice yet, everybody needs to go see Beetlejuice, especially <laughs> because Elizabeth is in it. So, oh. um, <laughs> Thank you. So three closing questions I ask everybody to wrap up my episodes. Yes. The first one, just very simply, is what motivates you? Oh, motivates me. Uh, my family, my family, my friends. Um, I mean, I, I'm so lucky to be able to do what I'm doing because of my support system. So I feel like that motivates me. Also, just knowing motivating me for the show knowing that like it's someone's first broadway show the other day there's the sweet sweetest little girl dressed up in a lydia costume and i ran into her outside and i said oh that that was me at one point i feel like seeing those type of people come in motivates me to know like this is their dream and that was my dream and so i want to just give them the best performance that they could have and also just um yeah that everyone that i worked with before i feel like the gratitude of that knowing that like they have gotten me here um, you know, and sometimes it takes more motivation on those two show days and <laughs> <laughs> that five show weekend schedule we're switching oh, to, but so um, <laughs> hard. all right. Yeah. So the second question then is what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people now who are starting out down a similar path? Ooh, um, I mean, it's hard to say when, you know, it feels like there's such a rush, but I feel like everyone's journey is completely different. And I know you may have heard that a million times, but like, there's not a correct path to go on to. There's not, um, I need to be on Broadway right now, or I need to be in college for school for theater right now, or, you know, and, and it's, it's okay to have other interests too. I think sometimes people hyper-focus and think like this needs to be like, they need to be grinding and yes, you need to work hard, but you also, need to enjoy everything else around you. And I think that is only going to inform you and make you a better performer and artist is to have those other experiences and, 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 and just, you know, take a step back and know that it's going to be okay. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Just take it, take a moment to breathe in, it, yeah. in anything, get perspective yeah. and breathe and then keep going. Mm-hmm. All right. So last question, hardest one, if you can Uh-oh. only see one show for the rest of your life, <gasps> oh, you can no. see it as many times as you want. What would you see? Oh no, <laughs> that's so hard. Um, oh gosh. Maybe I'll say like, maybe I'll do a classic. Like I'll do Wicked or Phantom of the Opera or something like that. Or Beetlejuice. That's not really a classic, but <laughs> it will be. I got to promote the show. Also the show, I do have to promote the show for a second in that I think there's something for everyone. It's very, you're going to be entertained, whether you like the music, the set, the dancers, there is so much going on. I feel like there's always something new to see. So, and also, the character of Beetlejuice thinks musicals are ridiculous and breaks the fourth <laughs> yeah. wall to to yes. acknowledge that. So, yeah. if, even if you hate musicals, this is the show for you. This is a show for you. We make fun of that too, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right, where can we find you on social media? Uh, I'm on Instagram. My Instagram is Elizabeth Teeter Official, and that's kind of it. I, I also have a TikTok, but I'm not really. It's so funny because there's so many fans on there and I don't really yeah. post that much. And I posted like one thing in costume with Dana and I have like a crazy amount of followers now. But I mean, that's one of the reasons the show came back is um, everyone Presley on there. Ryan so TikTok. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I got to give it like Presley started posting all of this amazing stuff and people started getting into it. So it's really incredible. Um yeah, I don't know if I have the same TikTok skills as her, but um, I'm just sort of on there for fun. But 
You can also find me on there, but mostly Instagram, yeah. Great. I am on Instagram, Twitter at theater underscore podcast. I'm on TikTok at the theater oh. podcast. I have like six videos. I don't know what I'm doing on there. <laughs> I'm going to go follow you. <laughs> yeah, we'll go. We'll follow each other and yes. then we, we can do it this. I don't know. We're, I don't know. <laughs> Is that a thing, the duet? Anyway. I don't really know. I don't know. Dana and I like really try. We're like, okay, we're going to make this now. And then it always like, it's like, we'll do it tomorrow. And then we'll, we'll do it tomorrow because we're like trying to like figure it out in the five minutes we have together before act two. And it's just the first time we made one was a disaster. So bad. <laughs> well, it's good to know that even, even Presley and you who know what you're doing more than I do still have to mess up and go over and over again. Oh okay, yeah, we I like messed that. up I like a lot. That. I like that. Uh, this has been edited by Well Rounded Hoodlum Productions. Jukebox the Ghost gave us our intro and outro music and Elizabeth, thank you so much. You are such a delight to talk to and, and I cannot wait me. to see you on stage again. Yay, thanks so much. Make the world a little colorful. Hey, it's Leslie Udom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.